Hello everyone, you're listening to Skip Intro. This is Ayman Rashad and in the studio with me are Ian McNally and Julian Yap. And today we're taking a look at two movies that bypass cinemas here in Malaysia but are now available on TV or more specifically HBO. So both movies, I guess, are ambitious in their storytelling <laughs> in very different ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, first up is a movie which was first released in January 2019, I believe, and mm-hmm. is called Serenity. How long have I been on Plymouth Island? Feels like we've all been here forever. What's this? Just a little scratch. I will give you $10 million to drop my husband in the ocean for the sharks. There's right and wrong, heaven and hell. Some weird stuff going on right now. This old island's a part of it, but nobody knows it. So this movie stars Matthew McConaughey, um, Anne Hathaway, Diane Lane, Jason Clarke, Jimon Honsu and Jeremy Strong. So guys, what is this movie about? <sighs> we ha- you have to know a little bit about this movie going into it. In that, it is a twist movie. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like, knowing that twist doesn't take away from the enjoyment, kind of adds to it. Not knowing that twist makes it look like one of the worst movies ever made. Mm-hmm. And it's a... It's a curio. It's a fascinating curio. It is, yeah. I um, guess you could. If you really want to pretty it up a pretty bit. Pretty it up a yeah. bit. I mean, essentially, this movie starts uh, with Matthew McConaughey and Jem and Hansu being like fisher boat captains who take tourists out. Um, the town is weird. There's an underlying layer of weirdness about this place. Everyone talks too much in way too much detail about what's going on in Matthew McConaughey's character, Baker Dill's life. Great name. <laughs> Great name. Just the acting is weird. The camera work is weird. And you don't really understand what's going on. And then Anne Hathaway turns up with, with a cue dramatic pan. <laughs> and she wants him, she wants Baker Dill to kill her husband because she left him for this other guy who is Jason Clark playing what possibly might be the best match of his physicality in yeah. a role ever. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he plays like, if okay. he's playing like a, a sweetheart, it doesn't kind of work with the big man he is. Whereas yeah. in this... Like he's got like the suit and the, yeah, the very he's press like a, suit and he's the like hat. A, like an American jerk gangster kind of guy. Yeah. Um, but it's just this beach noir thing going on. And mm-hmm. it's just, there's an un, as I said, there's an underlying layer of odd. We can't tell you what the twist is. But it is one of the wackiest twists that comes up in a movie in quite some time. And when the twist happens, like it should be like five more minutes and we're done. Mm-hmm. There's 40 minutes left in this movie <laughs> when this happens. It's do, do, you, do you expect this twist? No one could ever no expect way. this okay. twist. And they don't. They do try to hint at it that you could think that oh, that's a that's a choice. That's a camera choice that yeah. they've made. Like, why have they done this? Or it's like oh, this is a weird editing thing that they've done. But you kind of just brush it off because you can't expect what was going to happen. Yeah. This film's going to go down in history as like what was 2019 yes. like this is exactly the kind of ridiculous incredulous stuff that we have this year that is just terrible and like <laughs> it's not even that entertaining yeah i think it's just like as i said it's so weird it's like what were they thinking it's as if everyone thought they were making inception mm. but instead they ended up in a car crash because yeah. The, again, it's hard to, the, the, the twist at the center of this movie is a black hole around which all conversation <laughs> must go and I think it is interesting for seeing that for seeing like, even I think if you're interested at all in what we're saying you should listen to 
or look up what the actual twist is because as i said it's bonkers yeah it is it is bonkers and then with that in mind watching everything else in this movie starts to make not more sense but it's kind of like i guess everyone was experimenting like the the moment you introduce the matthew mcconaughey is where like jim and hanzo is like look up there and he just kind of (laughs) pops out on top of the boat going yeah it's like (laughs) what was He's constantly unshaven. He gets naked and goes swimming all the time. Like there's weird gratuitous shots and then there's not. There's this cat thing going on. He has this guy. (laughs) So after this twist at the end, right? Does it make you want to watch it a second time? I never want to see this again. The twist is dumb. The twist is like as dumb. It's like getting hit in the head with a, a plank of wood. And then you, then it keeps doing that for the next 40 minutes. Because you're like, okay, this is the kind of twist where you should do a quick five minutes. Yeah. And then, wrap you know. Wrap it up. Fit, wrap it up. You, credits end. You go, you, you know, you stroke your chin. You're like, hmm, hmm. What does that movie mean about life? About existence? <laughs> about everything? And this one, it just keeps going. And you're like, what's going on with the alarm clock and the traffic light and the cat? And Jeremy's, Jeremy Strong, is that his name? Yes. Jeremy Strong's character, just this weird scene. This is a guy in a suit at this beach town who just like at one point he's just introduced as taking his shoes off and just walking through the sea. Uh, that, mm-hmm. That's the nerdy accountant guy. Yeah. 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 And like he's great, but it's also like the, the whole cast is great, but it's also <laughs> why are you in this movie? I went into this having heard a lot about it because mm-hmm. ev- everyone just couldn't believe that this was real. Yeah. So I watched this out of pure curiosity. So and did I you think know the twist when you watched it? I didn't. Okay. I knew there was going to be one, yeah. but I think it's kind of a good, you know, it, it kind of, it pays off. The twist is terrible and wild and wacky enough that it was, it satisfied my curiosity that I had to sit through this mm-hmm. uh, two-hour film. Yes, it's about yeah. that, yeah. So, um, if anything, I think it's worth checking out. But what because... was your reaction when it actually, when it explain when it says the line? There's a line he says, and I'm like, really? That's how you explain it? <laughs> do you know how, what, it, what, do you know what happened? I went, No. <laughs> this can't be it. I can't have sat through all of this and yeah. this is it. And it just goes kind of downhill from there. It doesn't really tie up anything, no. but it's sort of like the kind of terrible, weird thing that you... It's... I don't know. It's... It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's The whole thing is baffling because like... It it's is, not even like well acted. I don't know. No, I mean, everyone's doing their weird things. Like I, I refer to it as beach noir a little bit. And yeah. like Anne Hathaway is blonde in this movie mm-hmm. and is doing the femme fatale thing. And there's a really disturbing... She's cool. She's cool, but there's a really disturbing scene with her and uh, Jason Clark. Like, there's, a, there's a plot beat about like they need to get Jason Clark on the boat so they can murder him and throw him off the edge. And it's like there's complications in there that are like completely unnecessary <laughs> and as i said once that they've, they've nailed that twist it's like it feels like uh, nothing against student films they're all very good but this is like when you think of an average cinema goer's concept of what a student film is right yeah. or uh, what m night Shyamalan used yeah. to do this is the joke they used to make about m night Shyamalan movies this someone, is the type of movie they would pitch someone thought this was super high concept yeah and it did not pull through would you say it's a twist for the sake of having a twist kind i mean it does make sense in the like it's not like all of a sudden it's like aliens you know what i mean it's not like okay. nothing beforehand Didn't makes strike sense that one <laughs> yeah sorry yeah. that was on my list but yeah. yeah darth vader is not his father but yeah it's that idea of like we're, we're, it, it makes sense with what's gone before like mm-hmm. in as much as it can yeah but looking at this the the director stephen knight's career i was i thought i was thinking of stephen s knight i think it is or somebody else when i was look, thinking about this guy this guy's career is like this movie it makes <laughs> no sense he has written scripts for Dirty Pretty, Dirty Pretty Things and Eastern Promises. 
He oh. helped invent Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Where did that come from? I have no idea. He also helped create the TV show. He created the TV series Peaky Blinders. Which is good. Which is good. <laughs> Which is good and noir and gritty and, you know, actually has good characters in it without a weird old twist in it. <laughs> oh, he also directed uh, Luck, which was um, which starring Tom Hardy, which is like a single, I think a single camera movie all set in a car of just him being angry at people. That's like, kind of Incredibly high concept yeah. and apparently it was very, very well done. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, this is like, what? You get more budget and you make this? <laughs> well, you know what? The more you talk about the twist, the more I feel like I want to watch it just to see. Do you see know what the tra- ha- how Stephen Knight also out? wrote and was the executive producer of Allied, which was dire- directed by Robert Zemeckis ah, with mm-hmm. Marion Cotillard and Brad Pitt. And that one is, um, if for anyone who hasn't seen it, they are spies. There, yeah. it, it has that um, that noir, very classy, beautiful, very sweeping, and oh, intrigue, intense. And this film has that, but it's set on a beach. Yeah, and. I'm thinking that the idea was to have the in, the interaction between Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey to kind of mirror that mm. because it has that kind of the same air of suspense in it, yeah. but it, it doesn't really follow through. <laughs> it's just bizarre. Yeah. It's a bizarre film. I mean, I would be interested if people have seen this, whether they saw the twist coming, if they watched it because of the twist. I would, do let us know because... We're as baffled as you are. If anything, this was the most baffled I've been in a film this year. And I had a lot of fun. Oh, you had fun with it. Yeah. yeah. I had fun with it too. Because knowing the twist, I was fine with it. Because I was like, oh, I see what they're doing there. Oh, that's goofy. Oh, that's real goofy. <laughs> well, on that note, let us know if you guys are interested in watching Serenity. Because I sure am after listening to that review. You can watch that first at 018-789-8899. Tweet us at SkipIntroMY or write us at movies at bfm.my. And after the break, we're going to take a look at the... Another bonkers movie from 2018 and it's called Sorry to Bother You. Only on Skip Intro, BFM 89.9. Brainy, fancy material. BFM 89.9. Hello everyone, you're listening to Skip Intro with Ayman, Ian and Julian. And we're talking about movies that bypassed Malaysian cinemas. So before the break, we talked about this quite a fascinating movie, I would say, called Serenity. And now we're going to look at the more, I guess, narratively successful, yet slightly, perhaps really bonkers, Sorry to Bother You, from 2018. I just really need a job. Audio two. This is telemarketing. Stick to the script. Hey, hello. Uh, Mr. Davison, cash is green here. Sorry to bother let me give you two. You want to make some money here? Use your white voice. Hey, Mr. Kramer. This is Langston from Regal View. As always, we'll be getting that out to you right away. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah so sorry to bother you, stars. Lake Keith Stanfield, who you might remember is the guy who says, get out in Get Out. Mm-hmm. Um, as Cassius Green, who is a... Not layabout, but he's just like down on his luck kind of guy living yeah. in his uncle's base, uh, uncle's garage, who takes this job at a call center, and after having don't get you don't get paid at this call center, all you get is commission. And after having no luck with his job, Danny Glover, who seems to just sits beside him, tells him <laughs> that you got to use your white voice, mm-hmm. 
And it's this idea that it's not just being nasal and like, you know, Irish or whatever. <clears throat> it's actually, it's about having no cares in the world, knowing you're going to go home and have a few beers with the boys and not be worried about house payments or being destitute or your car falling apart and all the things that people in poverty who don't like, I, I listened to a podcast recently talking about like most of the, the middle class term in America, most people don't, they consider themselves middle class, even though they're like riding well below yeah. the poverty line. And mm-hmm. it's that kind of stresses that mm-hmm. it's highlighting. It's confidence that someone with privilege might not necessarily realize they have. Yeah. So by projecting that, he can sell whatever it is Regal View, the company he's working for, is selling. And that will make him into a power caller. <laughs> this film makes me think of what an organizational drama should be. Yes. It's I, I never heard the term. Is it organizational drama? I don't know. Thing? It's like what you think that the office is going to be. It's like the weird, terrible office things, but shown in a in the weird, terrible light that it has. Yeah. It's like it's showing how there's things that you might laugh at in the office. And this is like, no, these are structural issues that need to be addressed on society as a whole. Mm. But also, here's a joke about Lake Eat Stanfield with David Cross's voice selling <laughs> uh, books to some white guy. And like the... the, when the it's a directorial debut by Boots Riley, right? Yep. And the boldness of a lot of what he does, like, I thought the, the phone call aspect of the movie was going to be more of it. Like, when he's on the call, he drops into the room with the person he's calling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a brilliant conceit. It's fantastic. The colors, the look of this movie. Like, I thought it was going to be mostly that. And I had heard the third act gets weird. The third act gets weird. <laughs> really weird. <laughs> really weird. But it doesn't get, like, I was, when when you see it on Wikipedia or you see it listed and it has action, not action, but has, like, comedy mystery then maybe science fiction. And I was yeah. like, well, is this going to be, like, someone's art project where they're going to just, like, get a UFO and fly off into a mm-hmm. weird thing? It doesn't go that far. I think it still kept itself nicely grounded. Yeah. But the organizational aspect is still there. It's, it's addressing issues through satire. Mm-hmm. And addressing them really well although my girlfriend was like completely thrown out of the film by the last third the message kind of was like lost on her because she couldn't get over one aspect they used to get across the idea of labor issues and labor rights mm-hmm. this is a movie about labor issues and labor rights it's funny yeah <laughs> so that's a that's a blessing in this day and age because this movie really does take a, a sharp left turn in, in, in the third act but like even before that i felt like it did say a lot of important things about how uh, capitalism treats uh, the people at the bottom and yeah. how all the capital is accumulated at the top. And that in itself made it uh, a, a poignant film. Mm. Um, but then you went to the third act and the way they visualized the idea of exploitation, mm-hmm. that was both shocking and memorable for me. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I, I loved the way they took that film in the end. So I watched this very early on this year yep. and I still remember it. There are a lot of films that you you don't really remember. Yeah. I remember this film so well, not because it was very shocking, but because it, it delivered on what it, it wanted to do and did it very well. Yeah. And um, it's, it's like every decision made in this film, they kind of followed through 150%. So mm-hmm. um, even the posters and the marketing material for all this, the character posters that have Keith Stanfield, Tessa Thompson, who is uh, Cash's girlfriend. Detroit, and, right? Yeah, Detroit. And Stephen Yeun, who is also uh, a, uh, one of the call center guys. The like, union organizer. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, the colors, they pop. They're very interesting. You want to find out what this film is. And I went into this not knowing there was going to be a twist. Yeah. And I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, also... I'm, it's 2018 film. You said, I'm, I'm happy that I don't know any jerks who ruined it for me. Mm, yeah. And also, it made me think of something like Being John Malkovich. Yeah. Where it's just a little bit off kilter all the time. And you kind of don't... You don't settle in 
in and it keeps you on your toes. And Boots Riley is a rapper, mm. right? So this is his first film, but like it feels a bit like a music video. It does. Um, come back to what you said about the decisions being made. Like they made it in so many sh- shots even. I mean, it must have taken forever to make Yeah. just for mm. the inventiveness. Like the certain scenes bleed from one to the next where yeah. someone's saying, can I have one of those fries from the call center and it's in the bar next to Like the scene just bleeds into each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's just like... It, doesn't feel showy it's actually there for a point to show how his life has been changed mm-hmm. by the influx of capital and every decision is like that there's like a lot of movies will do something incredibly cool just to have that and then you end up waiting for those incredibly cool moments yeah whereas this weaves them nicely in and out of the story and uh lakeith stanfield is in every cool film that you'll yes. you'll, you'll see and it's like oh yeah that's the guy from get out and his physicality is amazing he's hunching like his it feels like his soul is hunching mm-hmm. the whole way through it he's this lanky presence this, you talked about the posters the suits they put him in mm-hmm. and when he eventually gets this bandage on his head it's <laughs> instantly iconic and like you say that but like i can say that but it's like how easy is it to design something iconic? Yeah. You know, something that just like pops, like you know from the other side of the room that this is that movie. If you see a poster or a still from it, like it's amazingly hard to do that without, you know, being pretentious and doesn't yeah. doesn't come off as pretentious. No, it, if anything, it's something that it's, it's not a turn off your brain movie because no. of course there are issues that they satirize and they comment on, which are done so well. Mm-hmm. But it's also pure enjoyment. It's pure entertainment because if... You know, putting forward a message that you want to tell through your film, but doing it in a in a slightly wacky, off kilter way. Mm. What better way to put that forward? And at, you know, this this is a festival film. This did the festival circuit. Yeah, like that's the audience you want to hit. You know, but it's also very funny. It's incredible. Yeah, like, which, 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 which balances that out. It's not just like oh, we are going to an art movie. It's like there's a very nice fight between two people where they're incredibly polite to each other, and like instead of yeah. the usual flinging insults at each other, it's too men of color so like you know you have a nice day no you have a nice week <laughs> and it just escal- it escalates in the weirdest way possible and it's funny yeah and it doesn't that doesn't rely on all that style like he he ticks every box as he's going along it's incredibly interesting and I've, i guess he's a musician he's an activist i don't know if he's going to do another movie i hope he does yeah i think if you're going to put if this is your first feature and you've gone so boldly with everything and you've just like hey guys this is what i've put out into the world you kind of It'd you be, have to see what's next yeah and but i guess in a way it also be very difficult to follow this up right in your, mm. in your second movie because you've done so many like crazy decisions that paid off mm-hmm. so yeah again it will be really interesting to see how uh, the director follows up uh, this movie with and like what kind of like things he does in, in the next one. Hmm. So we were talking about two movies that bypass Malaysian cinemas, which are Serenity and Sorry to Bother You. Let us know, what other movies have Malaysians missed out on? Because it sounds like a lot of these crazy movies are coming out here and we like to see it. WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899, tweet us at skipintromy, or you can write us at movies at bfm.my.